Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man, what's happening with you? I'm hanging in there, you know, enjoying these slightly cooler weather. You know, haven't haven't seen the sunshine, uh, I don't know, all week long, but uh, trying to keep my yeah. spirits up. Yeah, well, I just have to say, I want to start the show by saying one thing uh, um, to everyone in New Orleans and to you okay. and your son. I want to say one word. Raiders! We kicked <laughs> your fucking ass, New Orleans. Okay, very Eat good. That, very man. good. Very Eat good. That, very you good. fucking pieces of shit Saints fans. Eat that. Okay, very good, Manny. <laughs> you know? Congratulations, I, Manny. That was a it was a solid win there. Um, it was a blowout. So, Drew Brees looks like Granny from Beverly Hillbilly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, he's done. I don't understand why these guys want to hang on. You know, they yeah. should, I guess, it's money. I it's know. all about money. And I well, hope he gets I hope the next game he gets clocked by some outside linebacker and breaks his neck and he's okay. never able to walk again. Okay, well there's the there's the uh what is it? Raiders. Very good. Sore winners. We love that, Manny. Um <laughs> so no, that was so that was a brand new oh, stadium winners, there. Winners, man. Winners. Um, Yes, we, we that word was in there, Manny. Winners was included in the description. So y'all, I'm not a that, sore winner. I'm a happy winner. Your Saints fans are sore losers. No, I don't. Hey, think I, hey. I, no, I didn't say anything like that. I'm not even. You know, I'm, I'm along for the ride, Manny. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, breeze blows. Yeah, he sucks. No he breeze. Sucks. Breeze blows. <laughs> okay, yeah, sucking blows. and blowing. By the way, a harmonica is one of the few instruments that you can both blow and suck on. It's very true. Before any interruption, I, I just said. Would you know that? I, I did not know that. Oh yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> well, we knew it, but uh, you know, it's it's. Thank you for pointing that out. It's, uh, it's sitting there, right? Have right there ever been view. a famous woman harmonica player who hmm. blows and sucks? Well, that's a good question. It would, it would be related to Toots. I mean, hey, Toots. Oh wait. Uh, Toots was the guy. Toots I know, but it sounds guy. like it's it's slang for like, hey, babe. Right. Hey, about tits? Is her tits? Toots, yeah, tits I heard of her, but uh, Tits Stillman's his, his wife. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> tits, tits was Toots' wife. There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. Tits, what a what a show! I'd go. <laughs> yeah. I would. Yeah. Just, I would go to see her blow and suck. Of course. Okay. Mm. Okay. Whoa. Well, um, so uh, so you have that that new Vegas stadium, be beautiful stadium. I saw they they yeah. had the the whole field moves to the outside of the covered dome, so it's a natural grass field, so it can yeah. can grow. It's it's weird. Is that has that? Do they have any other stadiums that do that? Yeah, uh, Arizona has it, but they have huh. it they have it in sections, which is a, was a bad idea, and they're trying to improve on that. Okay. Um, and I think there's one other uh, field that does it. It might be Seattle or it might be the new uh, Los Angeles stadium. But huh. the Raiders stadium in Vegas, they have there's, – there's two different fields. There's the professional, the pro team field, which comes in and goes out and gets the sunlight. 
And when mm-hmm. the college and high school teams come in, there's another tray, another field that's under the professional field that comes in for wow. college and high school games. Wow, man. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's pretty cool. And under that are dead people. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, pretty much anywhere you go, that's the case, right? Well, it's Vegas, so you right, know, right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of bodies yeah. in the desert. Um, so, are you were you excited seeing that uh, with the prospect of possibly going there? I mean, I you know, as a lifelong Raider fan, I I would I mean, is the Raider Nation just just uh, uh, oh, yeah. salivating oh, over yeah. the prospect oh, yeah. of flying I into mean, Vegas it, and it, uh, it, I mean. I mean, I'm disappointed that there's not in Oakland, but I mean, if you have one team in Vegas, it would have to be the Raiders. I mean, you couldn't put the Saints in Vegas. That would be the stupidest thing ever. Or you couldn't put like, you know, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in Vegas. I mean, it just fits. Okay. Vegas, you know, with all the history that Vegas has, kind of similar to all the history that the Raiders have, you know, a tough town. You know, what happens there stays there and stuff sure. like that. Whores and alcohol. Right, and, right. Uh, all that stuff. But, yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is like Vegas, they just, they, they built this uh, new Ferris wheel, which is drawing thousands of tourists to Vegas, this new huge Ferris wheel. Hmm. But, you know, it's also drawing thousands of tourists. Whores. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Always a solid draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, I miss and, Vegas, but I, the Vegas I remember isn't there anymore. I was kind of at that. You ever see that movie Casino? Yeah, yeah, many times. Yeah, well, I was kind of at the tail end of the mob when I used to go to Vegas, of the mob still being around. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a great scene at the end of the movie where, you know, they, where I think the narration says, we blew it. We had it all and we blew it. And then you just see like fucking walking through the lobby into the casino, all these fucking fat fucks from the Midwest <laughs> wear, wearing shorts and T-shirts. Right, you know, right. And, Visors, and, and yeah, going, yeah, stretch yeah, pants. Going to, going to the buffet to get like, you know, all you can eat for two bucks kind of stuff. All this right. cattle coming in. And well, like, well, man, you know, Manny, you know, let me interrupt. But, I got to interrupt. Now the, all the whores are automated now. It's, uh, they're slut machines. The slot machines. Yeah. Well, talk to, Dave, talk to Dave Turgeon about that. He Ooh. would know more than me okay. about okay. the slut machine. Okay. But um, speaking of sluts, okay. uh, I saw something a few days ago when I was uh, driving to one of the specialty markets that I go to to get certain things. Hmm. And I, I, was, I was at a red light, and there was this car pulled up next to me, and there was this uh woman in the car and you know how you know how uh, uh, uh people who work for companies like tupperware or or uh, cosmetics they they have a magnet kind of placard on the door of their car sure saying you know who they work for and how you can get in touch with me about this product right well i was at this red light right on canal in Carrollton, and this car pulls up next to me and this woman driving had a had a um one of those big magnet door signs saying "Vaggie plug, <laughs> Vaggie plug." Wow! And <laughs> it's and it had like a website and a phone number, 
And I didn't have enough time to get the information on Vaggie Plug. So when I got home, I looked it up. Okay, you were intrigued. Yeah, well, yeah, who wouldn't be? You know, <laughs> it was uh, um, Vaggie Plug. Right, and yeah, apparently yeah, it's a name it, that asks you, that begs yeah, for, uh, yeah, for your begs, curiosity. Yeah, 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 begs for questions. Yes, yes. Um, so I looked up, I went to their website, and apparently it's this... Uh, it's this thing that some local woman invented. It's a local business. It wasn't like kind of like, you know, uh, how uh, things are started in one state. and then It's you not a of, franchise. No, it wasn't a franchise okay. thing. And she started it here in New Orleans, and apparently it's a plug for your vagina. Not, okay. for, my, not for yours, but for women's right. vaginas. Right, and right, right. Apparently right, right. it's to, uh, to help keep things from going up your vagina. While you're at work, while you're playing stuff, and wow. I didn't—I didn't know. Didn't realize that was a problem, huh? I didn't realize that that was a problem that women were having. That things out of nowhere can like fly up there and cause like yeast infections huh. or stuff like that. You know, or just kind of you know infections. But they gave examples of like you know, kind of like parts of you know debris, like debris, <laughs> like if you're wearing a skirt. Uh, like somebody's cutting the lawn or something? Yeah. Like, uh, like yeah, some uh, yeah. grass clippings might fly up there? Clipping, or if it's a windy day and you're downtown with the big skyscrapers and uh-huh. wind is blowing everywhere and like a... Uh, a paper know, cup a, that was uh, left yeah, in the... Jimmy gutter. John sandwich wrapper. Blows <laughs> hey, you know. hey and, and, and I'm sure the plugs work great on dikes. <laughs> okay. All right. We like the word play. Already coming, coming fast and furious with the word play. So, um, <laughs> but I, I, I went to the website and mm-hmm. it, it was really weird though because it was like um, uh, the woman who started this company, it was, she also has a lot of other issues that she's uh, uh, all about. You know, yeah, I bet she does. <laughs> yeah, she, she had to, you had to go to her, you know, it took you to her Facebook page and she's talking oh, about other things besides the veggie plug. Oh, you know, she's got a whole uh, line of plugs. Oh, oh wait, I, wait! It sounds religious already. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, but sounds like a pyramid scheme. Yes, thing, it does but, sound like a pyramid scheme. Go ahead, Manny. But but the thing I thought was weird is like, okay, so what if you're a young woman, and you've already, you know, say it's your time of the month, and you've already got something in there, do you put the vaggie plug in there with it? You know, you know, this to me seems like one of those things where somebody said, I'll bet I can convince people that, you know, playing on their fears and insecurities that I have this product that's going to revolutionize their life. And of course, they don't need it at all. This is a ridiculous idea. But I but I think with some salesmanship and some stick to itiveness, I could uh, convince some people that this is something they need. Well, yeah, didn't, right. didn't they back in the medieval days just call that like a vanity chest or, or something to cover up the uh, chastity belt? Chastity, yeah, that's a <laughs> vanity shirt. Yeah, sure. not a vanity, but a chastity. Close, belt. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two words, yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't that? I mean, basically, that's what we're. Well, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Manny, with the the lady with the plugs. I'll um, tell you though, it was uh, a very nice car she was driving. I'll bet it was, man. Uh, well. Well, uh, huh. and, and right and right now you're giving her a plug. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, I'm giving her the biggest. You're giving her a plug, man. Yeah, it's going all over the world, you know. Getting another plug. That's right. Plug them plugs, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, so Manny, I wanted to ask you, uh, is your daughter back in physical school now? What's going on with the, no, the school for no, 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 she's not. Are there in plans fact, for, for, uh, her school uh, to, after, to go back? After, I think it's October 15th or October 20th or 19th. Okay. supposed to have, now the thing is though, they're supposed to have kids come back to campus. But if a kid doesn't want to come back, she, he or she doesn't have to. Uh huh. Well, so, that that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I think um, I think the way <laughs> I think the way my daughter is feeling the last couple of weeks since school started, she's happy just rolling through the end of the year at home. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though even though over the summer she was waiting to get back, you know, right? That kind of thing. When you say the but, end of the year, you mean like uh, like January or well, or the just, end of the semester, which is usually what at Christmas break. Okay, right, 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 right. That that, that seems like the the you know smart thing to do. Kind you know, frankly, I mean, if she's cool with it, like my daughter. Well, th- my daughter was was back at LSU, and you know they have in person classes, and but you know again just like the same thing, you know, a, a, a virtual component to it, and she was feeling more comfortable being it in, in her apartment, doing it like that. And then the thing that we didn't anticipate, well, one of her roommates winds up testing positive. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. you know, I was, I, it's, I don't know why that didn't occur to me that that was a very real possibility. I'm thinking, oh, well, there's probably going to be a lot of cases in on campus and they may have to shut that down. And, but man, we were, it's a new hazing. Oh yeah, well, I guess so. It was yeah, it was like two weeks in, and here this person's in the apartment. I said, "Well, what is she doing?" She said, "Well, she's just staying in her room." And it's like, and you're there, so well, the next day or so, uh, we got Eva back home. So she's been back here doing the same thing, you know. Yeah, and, I, I don't. I really don't understand why they. I guess it's all about money. It's all about the money. Is why they wanted to come back. You know, the, the big university here in New Orleans where I work at, I don't right. know if I told you this, uh, but they're just hoping to hold out long enough until, I think it's October 15th, where they don't have to give money back, tuition back. Oh, is that so, the cutoff? I thought it was like September 5th where everybody no, had to no, be paid no, no, no. It, It's but, like October uh, okay, there's still 12th or something like that. Okay. So uh, they're just trying, they're waiting and hoping that nothing major happens so they don't have to give back all that money. Right, yeah. right, and they can and they can easily like after that date just say everyone go home. We're keeping the money. Hmm. Well, know? it's it now this year. Uh, from what I've heard, kids were kind of uh, shaken when in the middle of the semester last spring they suddenly had to put it all online, and uh, you know they were trying to make it up as they went along day by day. Right. But this, you know, they had the summer to prepare. It seems like they've kind of figured out how to run some of these classes a little bit better. And since the classes has started off with that, uh, you know, virtual component as a as a given, um, I, I think maybe it's yeah. a little bit less of a shock. I just think that maybe in about ten, five to ten years from now, when the people who went to college in the seventies are all dead, mm-hmm. that it's all going to be virtual because the kids today, they could care less. If you ask me, they could really kill it. They, they'd rather just sit at home and take a class. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is the, uh, the social aspect of, you know, being, oh. uh, among your peers and being out of, out of, uh, the house. And, and I think my daughter's 
uh, once once her roommate is all clear, she'll go back and stay there, even if she's you know just kind of uh, around that milieu of, of LSU and and taking most of her classes or all of her classes uh, online. You know, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to stay in their their childhood bedroom forever. You know, it's does a, she like LSU? Um, you know, she, she has friends there. She, and, and she likes the program and, uh, you know, she's not someone who's involved in, you know, sororities or football culture or, you know, a lot of the things. I mean, it that, just seems like such a Yahoo school. It's like, well, there are certainly, yeah, a, yeah you know, yeah, go ahead. There's a lot. I'm saying there certainly are a ton of, of, of those people there, but you know, you get to choose who you spend your time with and, you know, she's, she's in a, uh, engineering pr- type program and you know she has a circle of friends that are that are all uh so she's kind of that. a nerd right well i mean she's uh she's a, a a lovely person she's not out running the streets you know uh falling down in the gutter i'm, I'm appreciative of that <laughs> uh you know um <laughs> speaking of uh of of wild girls you know we uh, I was telling you a few weeks ago about uh, watching that latest uh, Manson family show that they had on the Epics channel, and Squeaky Fromm came up in our conversation. What and show was this? Last it was, week? It, it was a few weeks ago. It was called like uh, the Manson family American Myth, something like that. It was a whole, you know, new documentary with tons of new footage I'd never seen before. It's like a five, six part series. Oh yeah. Of, a lot of uh, contemporary interviews, you know, even as done earlier this year with some of the surviving. Was that the show with Hunt Sales? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. It was. It was. It was. Bef- it was much before that. Um, okay. But uh, Squeaky Frog. Because I'm came surprised up. we got a word in with that guy. That guy he, didn't stop for a breath. Man. Hunt. Hunt's got a. He's. He's got a lot to say, man. He's got a lot yeah. of energy. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a tr- tremendous amount of experiences. Yeah. He's. He's definitely got. Uh, got a motor on him. Well, so we were we were talking about Squeaky From, and it came up. Is she alive? And I was like, mm, I think. I'm not sure. And. You were saying how, you know, she was always kind of a cute one. I said, yeah, yeah, she's a, kind of a cute girl. I agree. I had an impish... Well, a name like Squeaky, you know. Right. I, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> narratives there. You know, what's sure, so sure. Squeaky, you know. Well, so, so anyway, after that show, I, uh, <laughs> I, I went and looked her up on the Internet. Turns out I even saw a video of Squeaky from... You know, in the last couple of years, she lives. She's got a food truck now, or something. You would think so. She looks like she would have a food truck. No, she's she's put on some well, weight. Well, she, she could probably uh, be the CEO of a food truck. Uh, but so there's a video of her, and she's got long hair, and she's put on some weight, and she's talking about how she still loves Charlie, like she never fell out of love with Charlie. I thought, man, son of a bitch, that guy really, really did a number on her, man. Holy cow. Well, I, that could be true, but she could also be just trying to keep her celebrity going. Yeah, I still love Charlie. You know? Nah, well, could be in Charlie the Tuna, you know? Yeah, so, maybe yeah. maybe that's what she meant. <laughs> Charlie yeah. the Tuna. I didn't think of that. That's um, funny. But uh, she's living in upstate New York, and, uh, you know, so I was curious. They'd, they'd done a little newspaper article about her when she'd moved to this community, and... Uh, yeah, I guess she did. And they're, like, having, and they're having Woodstock 57 for her. Yeah, well, maybe she'll be, when they, when they can have another Woodstock, you, maybe they'll invite wait, her. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Squeaky Fromm is living in upstate New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they send out to the neighbors little cards that say registered uh, psych- Presidential or, assassinator. <laughs> or, 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 you know, Manson. Assassin. Registered man. 
Well, that's Manson participator. Well, who knows? Yeah, so, you know, there was that. Yeah. Uh, what was what was that woman uh, who uh, was uh, in the '60s? She was part of this radical group that tried to bomb some post offices right. in New York and L.A. or whatever. And they found her back in like they found her just like 15 years ago, living somewhere in by one of the Great Lakes in Minnesota. I mean, they busted her out. It, it was like 35 years in the making. They finally busted her. Right, you I know. do remember that. Yeah, I forget her name. Um, yeah, who 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 knew it? You know. Yeah, I don't know, but that, that's a great story. You know, but listen, let's uh, we've talked. Let's get our guest uh, introduced because he's yes. exciting to us. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, uh, he's a thrill seeker. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, he's a provocateur, uh, and he also uh, has yeah. uh, garage sales, which I okay. are fabulous. Every, every like, again, every every other Saturday. No, every this is the cicadas every okay. eight years. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have a garage there. Yeah. Okay. But you don't have a garage. No. He yeah. sold it. Yeah. Um, All right. So introduce this cat. Right on. So uh, he's a guitar player. He's a guitar player. He's a humorist, provocateur, as I said. He's a real punster, as you may have already noticed. He's a, an innovator, iconoclast. Uh, without further ado, the inimitable Mr. Phil Degree. Welcome, Phil. Thank you. Hey, Phil. Honored to be here. Yeah, yeah. Phil. I'm to have honored. You, on. you know, you're one of those people when we first started the podcast, or, or from the time we first started the podcast, people would, would hear some of the episodes or hear our guests, and they go, you know, you should get Phil Degree on. Uh-oh. And, so you've been in the book for a long time, Phil, and I was just waiting for the right moment to oh, to, man. to spring you on. I think this is the, the 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 this is you know the time has come. Well, look, I'm going to ring my glass right now. Here we go. Anyway, getting back to the book. <laughs> getting back. I, to- I thought that was like a scene from either Night Gallery or uh, Twilight Zone happening right yeah, now. Yeah, man. I just thought Rod Serling was going to start saying. Well, look, you know, getting back to the uh, post office bombings. Yeah. Uh, there was somebody who was trying to bomb Yoko. It's a it's an Ono bomber. The Yoko Ono bomber. <laughs> no, no, just the Ono bomber. The Ono bomber. Oh, Speaking man. of postal workers, Phil, did you hear this? That <laughs> I just saw this yesterday. A postal carrier in uh, in Ohio, in some town, like say about forty five minutes outside of Cleveland, uh, she was busted for dealing cocaine out of her postal carrier vehicle, a company vehicle. She was busted. Hmm. Uh, she'd been she'd been dealing cocaine out of the out of the USPS uh, truck. And the judge uh, gave her uh, two years probation. Okay. Well, it's still a, a valued employee. So she was still delivering all the mail, though, right? She wasn't slacking I, off that, that. they didn't say. They didn't say anything of that. They just wow. said, you know, it was kind of like the ice cream truck when it, you know, rolls by. Right. You know, I, I think her route probably was not a very good neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> you know, or maybe okay. a very good neighborhood. Right on. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like that's a value-added thing rather than, yeah. a, than a detraction, yeah. you know. She can bring yeah. your mail and, uh, you know, a, an eight ball. Right. Yeah. Could, could so, Phil, Phil, you're from New Orleans? Yes. Okay, We. I met you about 19, 20 years ago. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Circle bar? No, 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 no. Um, 
Carlo Nuccio picks me up at my apartment and says, we're going to pick up this guy. And we pick you up, and Carlo is fucked up as can be. He's strung out, he's speeded out, he's crazy. And he picks, picks me up, we pick you up, and I think you were living off the bayou. Right, on the bayou. On the bayou. Are you still there or no? No. Okay. Um, it's nearby, though. Yeah, and, not, uh, not far from there. And, you know, I, I met Carlo back in Los Angeles, wild times there. And he picks me up and he picks you up and he's fucking crazy going nuts. What was he? he I can't he wait says, to find out what the occasion was. <laughs> I don't know what the, I mean, it was, we were, I thought we were going to party. That's what I thought the occasion was. But he gets on the freeway and says, I'm hungry. We're going to Applebee's. <laughs> wow. You, you sure it was me? Holy shit. I don't remember yeah, it that. Was you, Cause you, you're a motorcycle rider, right? Yeah, I have a motorcycle. Yeah, you were you. I think you had just come back from a ride, and you were in your leathers and chaps. No, no, no. Damn, um, man, this is <laughs> this got this has got to be last century. This was like two thousand because I moved here very like the end of nineteen ninety nine. So this was like early two thousand. It was crazy cold. shit. And we and we were in that royal finger bowl van of his you know remember right. they, they were oh, a van yeah. back then and oh, yeah. he's scaring the shit out of me and he's like i'm starving we're going to applebees like on veterans or something and i had just moved here i didn't know where the fuck that was and wait, wait, wait where did you manny where did you move from los angeles that's right um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and i just remember he goes oh here's the off ramp and it was a wet cold night uh -oh. and, and he's coming off the off ramp and he just starts fishtailing this van, mm. fishtailing this van. And I'm scared out of my fucking mind. And you're not saying much, but it's a red light at the off ramp. And he finally gets it together and we get there and we go to Applebee's, you know, for some reason. And one of the worst meals I've ever had in my life. You know, uh, Carlo didn't even wait for the menus. He just told the waitress what he wanted. Wow, he had it memorized. Yeah, yeah he was hungry. He said he, just, he was hungry. Is he, is he thought he was at some high-end sushi bar. Just feed me. <laughs> yeah, probably, you know. Thought he yeah. was you know, probably at a pig's trough where you just you know, oh, get a bib and start putting your face in the food. I don't know, but that's the first time I met you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. And you've always been a guy, because I've seen you over the years, you've always had this great, uh, funny, kind of grotesque artwork over the years that you've given me, like little bumper stickers and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, quit smoking and you'd show somebody, you know, having their lungs being pulled out and stuff, a sticker of that. You know, the, the, the pre, you know, Photoshop computer days, mm -hmm. when you had, when you had exactly. this subversive uh, uh, kinko shit. Right, and you gave me one of the best stickers, and I still have it, uh, uh, taped onto an old cell phone, uh, you gave me this great sticker that says that this phone is bugged. I don't know if you remember that. Wow. Uh, I think... No, uh, I don't, man. Yeah, yeah, you gave me that. And you, I, I still have some of it lying around, this artwork. You had a great uh, David Vitter bumper sticker, too, I think. Oh, that's pretty recent. Yeah. That I was still got a few of those. Yeah, what, what did it say? I have it somewhere. It said... Legalized prostitution, vote bitter. Exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, we actually have a, a there's a, a good David Vitter story that involves a, a, a former guest of the show. Can I tell her very quickly? Sure. Yeah. So, so uh, this, this guy was, was working in a, a betting store. We won't say who it was. And uh, this was shortly after the whole scandal happened, and David Vitter and his wife walk in to look for a mattress. And, and David Vitter is kind of walking around, you know, trying out mattresses, and there's the wife. She's a big, uh, big tall girl, you know, and she's there with her arms folded. And, Isn't and, she a and judge? She is yeah. a judge now. Yeah, she was yeah, an attorney. She, she represented, uh, I don't know, Catholic Church or somebody. But, yeah, she's a, a federal judge now. She was appointed. But so, uh, so uh, David, you know, Doofus is trying out all these mattresses, walking around, and, and uh, the salesman is standing next to her, and he's, he says, well, don't you want to go try on those? You're going to be sleeping in this bed, too. And she turns to him and goes, no, I am not. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Because fucking oh, real life joke. Okay. <laughs> well, Renee, explain to the listeners why. I'm sure some of them know, but a lot of them don't know why she ain't going to okay, be in well, the same so bed with David, him. Okay, David Vitter, he was, you know, when they had the DC madam, um, yeah. you know, they, her, her... He was her, in the black book. Uh, yeah. He was in the black book, and then, you know, he was trying to say, no, he wasn't, and then, the, you know, a whole bunch of weird stuff came out about his, his uh, you know particular proclivities and uh you know pretty much became like uh irrefutable that that he had been involved with 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 these people and uh you know it was a big public scandal and and he wound up actually probably losing the governorship because of that because he yeah after he yeah he he was he was a congressman uh, or a senator yeah, he was a senator. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and then he was after he ran. You know, he's uh, wow. going to get elected to that again, and then he ran for for governor and also lost that. But uh, yeah, the the, the wife was like, "No, I'm not going to be sleeping in that bed." But okay, right on. It's well, keeping it real. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Kind of thing. Right, yeah, right, right. exactly. Well, she got she got her payoff. You know, so she, she he's doing okay though. I, I hear he. Uh, he he has a successful snowball stand in Kenner. That's what I think he's doing. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> see, it's never too late, man. It's it's, it's uh, what the what do they call that? The uh, second act, second right. act of yeah, exactly. David's life. Yeah, become a snowball magnate out in Kenner. Yeah. So I Phil, know, right you're born here, and you start playing a guitar. You're a musician, like everyone who's you're born into it here, right? Born and lowered. Yeah, Lord. That's right. And uh, does who who's your influence? Your parents, your brothers, or is there certain well, artists well, here? Funny or is you it Renee my... Coleman? Is Renee Coleman that's, a big that's later. on you? Later. Well, we go way back, but uh, but yeah, we go we no, go way uh, way back. Uh, funny that you say my brother because he got the guitar first, and I was forbidden to play it. See. Oh. <laughs> so uh, obviously, I just snuck it and then he gave it to me and you know. then i started getting into it you know and then i started taking lessons with the great hank mackey after high school yes you fell into the yeah. into filiberto's world of strings right that's right we'll talk about that because that was a hotbed of guitar players there. yeah mezikowski cranston clements you know 
so many people study with Hank and still do. Emily Rimmler. Um, well, Emily. She was, came down, but then she was in that. We were, we, we, we were all hanging out for that little pocket of a couple of years. And uh, that was some magical shit, man. No TV, no distractions, no phones. Everybody's just sitting in and playing. And it was nonstop, man. Right. And that's when I first met you. I was studying with, with Steve Mazakowski and right. you guys had that uh, guitar ensemble that would play on, on Sundays. And I guess you couldn't get a real bass player to come and show up consistently. So Steve said, Hey Ray, why don't you come play? And that was some of my first no, experience. Wait, wait, what, play with, go ahead. What, what guitar ensemble? Oh, with Hank? Yeah. With Hank and, and you know, uh, yeah, yeah. It had like all those five part, uh, singles. Right. Out charts and people would write charts for for the group and people just come and sight read stuff and and that's how i started going there is is uh just getting to to play through tunes with you guys you know right have all these great musicians i remember one time uh that guy bucky pizzarelli had right town and he showed up to that uh that sunday thing and it was kind of after that that all these people all these people started getting into seven string guitars right Especially Steve. That's right. when he got one. Right. So, yeah, that was milestone. And you Miles, eventually wound up getting into the seven-string guitar. Well, right? yeah, that, that's because of Lenny Bro. I, I saw him in, in Nashville uh, in 1980, and he had his first seven-string. But instead of putting uh, having low A, he put the, he put it on top. He had a high A with, and he had to use fishing line. It was a classical guitar, and the only thing that would hold was twenty pound fishing line for the high A, and total innovator. It was incredible how he. So when I when I saw him with that, I came back to New Orleans because I was in Nashville then. I came back to New Orleans and I ordered the same guitar through Hank, and he gave it to me for cost. And I did the same thing, you know. So I played it for a couple of years, and I said, I love seven string. I want to, I want, I want to be committed to the seven string. I want to marry the seven string. Hmm. But I got to get an electric. I got to have an electric one made. Because classical guitar is just not, you know, it's hard to play, blah, blah, blah. That's when the harp guitar started happening. Because I, I had it made through Jimmy Foster. I said, well, I'll get my own seven string made. And while I'm at it, I'll add a few stupid fucking high-end strings. And here I am, still in hell. Uh, <laughs> now, had, had, had people made those kind of guitars in the past like that before? No. Okay. You, you're, talking yeah. about, you're talking about a harp guitar? My yeah, harp. yeah, yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. A harp, harp, there's, there's so many harp guitars. Okay. Through the eight, through the uh, last century and plus, you know, starting with the, Gip, the old Gibsons. Oh, I now have there's seen all, those. That's right. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of weird shit out there now, and I, mine's just a little personal addition to it all. Okay. You know, I tune it a certain way. I have a certain amount of strings, a certain register, and uh, still trying to tune up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. noticed you you have the the that weird uh, fret thing, the fanned frets, where they're not all parallel. They kind of all, all go at an angle. Is, uh, what's the purpose of that? 
Charlie Hunter turned me on to that. It's Ralph Novak innovation. And I, it's, it's necessary for me because my high A strain has a short, if I had a regular uh, scale length, I would be popping the string. You know, I couldn't tune up. So with the fan fret system, it makes the whole treble side shorter scale length so I can tune up the pitch. Huh. And it's like, so it saved me, man, because that shit was really aggravating, trying to tune up the pitch and scared of the pop in the string. And it's not a big deal. It's ergonomically wonderful, and it's it's not people think, oh, i got to get used to it. No, it's it's so natural. I love it. It's what Pythagoras would do, by the way, if he was okay, building well, if, if well, he was building guitars. You want right. a longer bass string. You want a shorter t- treble string. You right. Well, that's one of the complaints of, of people that like uh, you know guys that are, are super uh, analytical about. It. It's like I can never get the guitar actually in tune. There's always right. something that's that's not yeah. in tune about it. So, okay, well, also the the reason for that, you're not nobody's going to get anything perfectly in tune because of the and you know about this the harmonic series, right? You right, know, right? Where, and and then you add eighty uh, percent humidity in New Orleans, and you know, just it, it's hard to tune up, man. That's why we're the funkiest place around. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tune up; it's more funky. Right on. <laughs> well, so. So you've developed this whole uh, repertoire of, of solo guitar stuff um, over the over the years of where you're reharmonizing uh, standards and of course you're writing your own material, but uh, like up until COVID you had a regular uh, Chicky Wawa residency, um, right? Was that the uh, the clinically happy hour? Yeah, man. Okay, clinically right. happy hour, and you you engage in uh, all kind of repartee. You have uh, shtick, and uh, tell the people I, about that. that. How long have you been doing it, that? It, it, was my, it goes back to like Howlin' Wolf, right? Yeah, well, or, or tell us about the the history of your that act. The Howlin' Wolf actually started with me and Cranston as. Uh, twin, we were no, we were called Twin Geeks, and uh, that was our first gig at the Holland Wolf and Metairie. <laughs> oh wow. wow, going way back. Yeah, and then and then they moved and uh, blah blah blah, but uh, but as far as the the other stuff, I, I would I would do it at the new Holland Wolf, and you know, uh, but as far as a weekly thing, this is kind of like. You know, I like to spice it up and do some instrumentals and then do some parody. Mostly anything that I sing is going to be parody. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're doing really it with Cranston, really if you're doing it with any Clemens brothers, it's going to be parody. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's at at the least. Yeah. Do you <laughs> think that virtuoso guitar players? Would should be good at sign language. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Um, that would be cool, man. 
Because yeah. I've seen, you know, the, the past month, you know, with all the COVID and the hurricanes, you see all these politicians speaking and they have people doing it in sign language. Right. You know, and I, I just think to myself, it's almost like, you know, uh, being a teenager in your bedroom, listening to your favorite band, playing air guitar, you know, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Okay. I see but where I you're going. It, I think it, it would be even better. I would watch it more because I get bored with it after a while. Right. Some of them are pretty animated and some of them aren't. But I, I think it would be really great if all these uh, sign language people would be wearing clown outfits. I think that would be uh, more entertaining. I'd watch it more. It's it's funny because I was checking out this Robin Williams uh, gig. It's one of, one of the ones on like Broadway, and uh, there was a sign language person, and <laughs> and Robin Williams started saying, "Oh, you have the sign language saying, say, hey, fuck you, motherfucker.'" <laughs> <He> started. <laughs> Having fun with that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a genius, Robin Williams. The guy was just out of control, genius. Beyond. I happened to see him um, in the 80s during a dress rehearsal for a a benefit show that he was hosting with two other people. And he went off script for like, it seemed like two hours. It was more like 20 minutes. He just went off script, and he had all of us laughing hysterically. All of us. I mean, just, just riffing. wrenching. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know if you remember those 80s benefit shows for the homeless, comic relief. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I worked on the oh, first yeah. few of those. Oh, okay. Wow. I worked on those, and it was him and Billy Crystal and Whoopi Goldberg were the three hosts. And Whoopi and Billy would just step aside and just let him go. And he went, he went off on things, man. And he made fun of the homeless. He, he did all sorts of stuff. Thank God it wasn't taped, you know, because it was hilarious. But yeah. anyway, back to, you, back to you, Phil. Well, Manny, before we get back to Phil, I was thinking, uh, I think I need a, a refresher on my cocktail. How about you? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a good idea. All right, we'll be right back, Nation. Fill her up. And we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Phil Degree. Now, uh, Phil, I'm not sure if you've been listening to all of the the podcasts, but uh, we have a great sponsor that we've become affiliated with over the last uh, few months. Um, so, Manny, why don't you tell Phil about this great new product? It's called heroin. No, no. I'm yes, kidding. yes. It's a, it's a everything old is new again. Boy, <laughs> and it sells itself. <laughs> is it fitting all free? Uh, sometimes it may or may not be phil yes are you into you know being healthy these days or i go both ways you go both ways kind of like me listen we've got this great product right now and the troubled men podcasts are happy to be a part of it it's called the velo bar the velo bar phil yes this is a cbd protein bar and you know what CBD is about, right? Yeah. Central business district. That's right. That's no. right. <laughs> no, CBD bar, it's got 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. It's a healthy protein bar that fills you up and it calms you down. Yes. It calms you down. It's a perfect uh, dose to take the edge off with whatever you're dealing with right now. And 
we're fucking dealing with 2020 like crazy. I'm dealing with yeah. cognac. Yeah, it's a perfect thing to, to, make, yeah. to mix with well, cognac. Listen, this yes. is a plant-based protein bar from healthy superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, mm. hemp hearts, and chia seeds. I love those. I love it for breakfast. Okay. It gets my day going. I, I do. It, it, and it tastes fucking great. And there's two great flavors right now. You can get a dark chocolate and a peanut butter flavor. And mm. it's a fantastic product. We've talked about it for, what, a few months now, Renee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah. started sometime during the lockdown here. So, you know, yeah, it's going yeah. right so along it was, it was perfect timing for the nation. Yes, yes. I want to get involved with this bar. Well, tell, I don't get it. Tell them how the specials that we have for the nation, Okay, man. well, listen, right now, Phil. If you go to VelaBarCBD.com and make an order for these beautiful bars, you can get 15% off your order if you use the discount code, which is TroubledMen15. TroubledMen15 will get you 15% off your order. And the nation knows about it. They've been ordering. I've been ordering. And you know what, Phil? Free shipping. Free shipping, Phil. We love the free shipping. Where, Where is he coming from? It's coming from uh, Velo Bar Fields all over the nation. Yes, yes, you know? yes. It's, but specifically, uh, VeloBarCBD.com, right? Yes, that's what it is, yes. Use yeah, trouble it's, it's all a dot, every, everything comes from a dot com, not, not of anywhere. Well, we don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but who, I tell you, yeah. Renee's uh, had these bars. I've had these mm-hmm. bars. A lot of the nation has had these bars. And the reviews are in. It's a fantastic hey. product, man. So check it out, Nation. Good. You know what to do. VeloBarCBD.com. TroubledMen15. Discount code. Get 15% off and free shipping. Check it out. You'll love it. All right? And nice. you, you, nice. Set, you set the bar as high. Yeah, I set the bar as high. bar high. That's right. That's yeah. right. And, and as always, Nation, if you want to support the podcast directly, we have the link in the show notes. And uh, you can jump on that PayPal.me uh, account and uh, support the, the podcast directly. And, uh, you know, I think the, the T-shirt run is going to be closing in a few days, maybe before this, uh, this podcast comes out. But uh, if you missed out on the, the first run of T-shirts... Fear not. Uh, it may not be the last one, and I think we'll expand to uh, some some underwear. Manny had a good idea, so we may have some some boxer shorts and uh, some bikini briefs for the ladies. And uh, so so look out for that. Also in the show notes and the the uh, the Facebook page. So, um, Phil, getting back to you. So you mentioned Lenny Bro. And oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I, go ahead. Uh, you know, Renee just reminded me of uh, something that can make money. A, okay. a, a Tide podcast. Tide podcast. <laughs> you know, we, we have some stupid little kids coming on. Well, let's see if you can make it through this one. Uh, anyway. Then, there, then there's a Tide. Then there's a... <laughs> you have a oh, way sorry. to monetize that. Okay. <laughs> I think Phil's yeah. a lot like uh, a Clemens Brothers with his humor. It's very he is, then, yes. They're, yeah. then you can see then, why he would fit then, right in with the Clemens Brothers. Then right? somebody, somebody's got to have a podcast. Right, po- yeah. Podcast, anyway, okay, yes. I'm the sure wordplay, yeah, the pun. Anyway, is, yes. you, you said my, uh, the, safe, the, sacred, the sacred name, Lenny Bro. Lenny Bro, yeah. So, uh, so tell the people a little bit about Lenny Bro and then how, how – 
through him you wind up being uh, uh, playing for one of your idols uh, in there in Nashville. And tell that story quickly. Okay. I was going, I first met Lenny in when I was 21, 76, Nashville, dark time for Lenny. But I hung out there for a week and uh, absorbed a lot of stuff. For, I'm sorry, I just touched. Now, how did you know about Lenny? How, how were you, well, you come I, to, to funny, be? Funny, very uh, good question because I was in Los Angeles hanging out there and checking out Ronnie Eshday. Okay, Ronnie Eshday. Yeah, doing yeah. a lot of shedding, you know, and and I, uh, you know, a phone a phone call was a big a big deal. <laughs> it costs a lot of money. Is what I'm saying. Right. So anyway, I, I'm on. I talked to Hank finally, and he goes, you know, I heard that Lenny is in Nashville and he's teaching and playing. I fucking got him a little truck and went to Nashville and hunted him down and. You know, made arrangements to hang out. And, uh, but like I said, it was a dark time. So, But then four years later, in, uh, in, in 80, in July, on my birthday, I got to uh, hang out with him. And then he introduced me to Chet Atkins. We went and met Chet in Chet's office. And that was pretty incredible. Wow, the night, the Chet night, had a big... Chet had a big influence on you, right? When you first yeah. met him as a kid, that's when you started playing uh, exclusively exactly. finger style. So, so yeah, exactly. That's the story when I, with all the parts of the story. Yeah, that, well, basically went from like rock to, to Chet, you know, Eric Clapton and everything. And my mother gave me a Chet Atkins record and I, and I started really getting curious. And that's when I started studying with Hank, who knew how to play like that, who could teach it. And then he wrote me into the jazz and everything else. And then he turned me on to Lenny Bro. And uh, that's when the harmonics started happening. And it was pretty crazy. But, okay. yeah, it was. Uh, but 1980, when I saw him the second time, he was. That's when he had the seventh string. And he debuted it. And I just happened to be in Nashville that night. It was incredible. The night before, I hung out with him and Chet. So I'm hanging I'm, I'm at the concert, and, and he let me record it. So it was, it was a magic night. And he was straight. He wasn't fucked up, you know, he, but he had this, he had a, a new wife who was very dominating. She was a bitch. She was a bitch. And, and his murderer. Anyway, oh, oh, no, I'm not kidding. Lenny Bro was murdered. By this woman, I'm convinced, and most people are. But uh, yeah, he was found, you know, drowned, strangled, and drowned in a swimming pool in Los Angeles. Anyway, mm. another another, you know, tragic. So you mentioned legendary. Clapton? Yeah, you mentioned Clapton was there too. No, I I, I went from Clapton, oh, from okay. being into him, you know, oh, okay. and, and, and you know Roy Buchanan and all that, and then. And all of a sudden, Chet Atkins, and I started working at a record store right after high school, and that was pretty, you know, incredible because I got turned on to all kinds of stuff, you know. And we're talking oh. early, early mid seventies, right? Oh yeah. God! All right, so that yeah, you're a young kid, yeah. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> I'm looking for my Medicare card. So, Holy yeah. shit. In Los Angeles, where'd you where'd you live in LA? Oh, I was just hanging. I was just I'm a New Orleans boy. I can't stay away from this fucking shithole, man. <laughs> you know? So I was I was out there for like a few months. So you just doing around the, you're doing the couch when, tour. You're when I was twenty one, I took a fucking road trip. I had some cush and went for it. And, and you, okay. you just did the couch tour in LA. You just stayed on the couches and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And but, it was okay, wild. Well, cool. But you've 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 gotten into this whole uh, uh, pipeline of virtuoso guitar players that you guys all get together. Like I was looking at your your uh, your record, Just Duet. Okay, another pun. Um, <laughs> but on on Just Duet, you have like Larry Coriel, uh, Charlie Hunter, Mike Stern, Reeds yeah. Gabrell. Yeah. Uh, how do how do you? come in in the circles with with all these guys to have them playing on your record how, how, that's how uh that's another good question Thank specifically you. uh through a guy named matt Reznikov, who was uh editor of guitar player magazine friend of mine for a while uh for a long while <laughs> Anyway, he, he wrote all that shit together. Huh, okay. Not all of it, but uh, a lot of it. You know, he got Reeves, got in touch with Larry, and uh, I got Charlie Hunter. You know, went out there and did something with him. Nice, nice. And, uh, and so, so it's kind of a fraternity of, uh, of yeah, uh, yeah. Virtuoso guitar players. Well, that's 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 very cool. So, and I see that you're you're kind of in with that guitar player downbeat. Uh, you know, you're you're very plugged into that, or to a certain degree, would you say? Yeah, I was. I guess I don't know what's happening now, man. Everything's so vague, and distorted, and weird and shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, it is. You know, vintage guitar magazines probably about to fold. Everything, all that shit's about to go. You know, right. And that was before the the. It's, yeah, before we used to say that was pre K, like pre Katrina. Now it's like pre C, pre COVID. Right. Was that pre COVID? We saying that like three years, four years from now. Sure. Yeah. So sure. I met I met her pre COVID, and then we we got divorced. Right, 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 right. Anyway. Well, and then so so among these guys is uh, Steve Vai. You know, he's a great guitar hero. And 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 uh, was he playing in town? And you were you got it? Got some kind of contact with him? And uh, what happened was that? I was playing at the uh, the columns with Rankin, and a friend of mine was there, and he said Steve Vai is coming to town. I said, really. And so I emailed Steve. I said, Steve, man, any chance getting on the guest list? And and then I happened to just have my new harp guitar uh, from, you know, Vince Guidros. Brand new. You know, maybe within a year old. And uh, I sent him a picture of it. This is my new baby. He goes, wow. Would you consider open doing a, a short, a little short set 
you know, I was just blown away. So nice. Yeah. Nice. And I saw he gave you a quote for one of your records where he said, Phil sounds like John Coltrane meets Mel Brooks at a party for Salvador Dali. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's pretty yeah. fucking nice, man. It's, 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 that sums, sums a lot of things up. Uh, <laughs> Steve High is amazing. Is, yeah, he is a breath of bright, fresh air, man. Just a wonderful cat. So positive and insane. Fucking yeah. You know, play with Zappa. What, what more can you say? Right. You did that, you're a fucking saint. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have this uh, this associate. I'm not sure if you've seen him lately, but this character, Les White. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was... Uh, Les, the last time I saw him, he, it was a while ago, he gave me his record, uh, uh, 45 Shades of White. <laughs> yeah. So, it was a it was a, 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 a monumental work. It was forty five cuts yeah. um, from from the genius Les White, and I was looking for it today, and I know I have it here somewhere, but I couldn't put my hands on it. But uh, but so so I know, got a record today from this guy said named Mo Black. Really? Oh okay. yeah yeah yeah. Man okay. man man, he's got to have a copy of Les White. Yeah 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 yeah. Well, I was thinking. So I saw. Then I saw a video of his yeah. uh, 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 "Drunk on Love." That was a good one. Yeah, uh, it was a good number. A good, good toe tapper. Um, so what's what's less up to these days? How's how's he faring in in the the quarantine situation? He's doing some good shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now is, is well, that could uh, be taken many ways. He's doing some good shit. What do you? Right. What do you well, mean? meaning like uh, he's taking crazy, the great Willie Nelson tune. And turning in for the, you know, for this, these, these fucking challenging times, which I can stand up and hear again, along with unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Is Les a, uh, is he an anti-masker? I'm guessing that he might be, Mike, because he's got those teeth. It's hard to fit, uh, him, hit well, those teeth behind the mask, right? No, he masks when he has to. Okay. All right. Very good. Very yeah. good. Socially responsible. Yeah. I, I There's like no that. problem with that. Okay. All right. He's happy to cover the teeth up. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> well, well, we have to. In fact, to that would it. that would be a great mask is to have a picture of those teeth on there. <laughs> have Les's teeth on the outside yeah. of the mask. <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious. I mean, they have already. They already have that kind of stuff, but I mean, not those specific not that specific yeah. set of choppers he's got. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well, something else. So, uh, just touching on uh, you know all of your your uh, contacts with with the, the the glitterati. So, Steely Dan somehow Steely Dan found out about about Phil Degree, and uh, and wanted you to to audition for the band or join the band. What was that about? It's so. Uh weird because I knew I didn't it, it wasn't my gig and I let him know in so many words you know I didn't pretend to be anything that I ain't because that ain't an easy gig I'm not a good reader I can read chord charts not very well ask your dad bless his soul you know what I mean it's just 
I ain't that kind of fucking party, man. Cranston would make a much better Steely Dan player. Anyway, so anyway, I I did an interview with Walter Becker and uh, a phone thing, and uh, I thought they were getting in, trying to get in touch with me. Plus, I couldn't be tracked down. I was like skiing in Colorado or some shit, and people were trying to get in touch with me, and it's... Anyway, I thought they wanted me to do like a solo opening shit or, you know, like a short set, like see if I, no, they, they were, they wanted to interview me for the fucking gig and I knew, okay. and I knew in my heart, <laughs> no, it ain't going to happen, man. Yeah. Yeah. You but, know. and, and I, and, and I, I didn't want to like for, you know, like, oh, bullshit my way into it and then fail. Because I knew I would. Well, if it and, doesn't seem like a good fit, yeah, you know as well. Yeah. You know, it I, I just wasn't, no, I wasn't familiar with a lot of that shit. I mean, I knew. I, I don't own. I didn't own a Steely Dan record. You see what I mean? Right. I right, appreciated right. him. I said, "Oh yeah, I like this. It's some wild shit, you know." But I was fucking Bill Evans, and you know, I was, you know, snooty fucking jazz shit. And uh, <laughs> wasn't paying attention to Steely Dan, but I appreciated it. I said, you know, this is like the Duke Ellington of fucking pop music. Yeah, man, it's quite know? an honor to for those guys to to be, you know, even uh, calling you up and and. Uh, yeah. And, oh God, man, and I'm friends with Jay Graydon, who did the infamous uh, solo on Peg, and he talks about those cats, and it it is a little cult that they had there. Yeah, yeah, it's a full buy-in. I can imagine that, like uh, Todd Rundgren. You know, it's like you you can't be halfway. It's like uh, right. You have to have your fucking shit real together. It's what the, I don't. I can't believe they even were. It was like wow. I think Fagan may have gotten my record. Nice. In first, in, in, in the mid nineties, my first one innuendo out the other. Uh huh. And. Uh, but I don't. I didn't get it, man. Like I said, I thought they were calling me for solo, blah blah blah. Right on. Well, so you're. So that record was you mentioned innuendo and out the other. No, no, no. Not oh, no. Not and innuendo oh. out the other. Okay. All right. There you go. You thank. Uh, I stand corrected. <laughs> innuendo out the other, and then your next record was Hello Dolly, but uh, Dolly like Salvador Dolly. Right. You love the puns, Phil. Well. And Cranston did that artwork, by the way. That album oh, really? Cover. Yeah. And then your your latest record is "Mask and You Shall Deceive." Right. Interesting. This was all happened before the COVID crisis. So I know, like, man. This is like to mask is. This is like two and a half years ago. Uh, exactly, man. It's okay. Crazy. Very prescient. Well, I have quite a mask collection. Do you? And I just like that. And I wrote a tune called that years ago and I figured that would hmm. be it. So. What's that mass collection about? What, what, what story? Oh, just, through, just one? through the years, you know, Mardi Gras. Okay. okay. No, it's like not robbery related. No. Okay. It's funny. It's like, I was checking out George Carlin recently and old George Carlin says, yeah, it's, it's great to, it's fun to go into a gun shop and ask for, get a gun and get bullets and they asked them if they sell ski masks. 
<laughs> I think that was when he in the blow when he was doing blow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, oh, did you man. did you see that uh, somebody out? I think it was in one of these parishes between here and Baton Rouge. Somebody went into a bank wearing an Easter Bunny outfit and robbed the bank. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, that's yeah. I love it though. That's a great uh, great story. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, where? It was. I don't know. You know, once you leave Orleans Parish, I, I don't know where the hell I am. But when? It's all, it's all the but wilderness. But it was so, yeah, it was yeah. somewhere between here and Baton Rouge. When? Uh, just a few days ago, I think. Oh, I gotta oh. check that out, man. Yeah, somebody came in wearing a bunny outfit with like some goggles or something and got in the line in the bank. Very was very patient. Wow! And, uh, just you know, got up to the window and said, "I'm robbing the bank." You know, you could also kill somebody and just get off her insanity. There you go. You know? Okay, exactly. it seems like a dead giveaway because it's not even Easter season. You know, it's a, right? Yeah. Know. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. You know, who knows? But I guess you know, maybe they were looking. They said, I'm, "Someone wakes up one morning and says." I need some money. I'm going to rob a bank. I don't have a mask. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have. You know, a bandana. Uh, I have a bunny outfit. So I'm just going to wear this bunny outfit <laughs> and, and, and rob the bank. You know, and apparently they got away with it uh, for a while. I, I think they eventually got caught. Wow. You know, um, I, I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't read uh, further on than just pretty much the headline. Right, you know, right. You know, because that's my attention span is basically headline. You know. <laughs> okay. Um, well, well, th- we were touching on something before we started, and that was the last time uh, we were all together in the same room, and that was uh, at Will Smith's Gong Show. No, it's not Will Smith's Gong Show. Okay, it's the Gong it's Show. Weird. It's the Gong. Well, Will Smith is a big part of it. He, okay. he does a great job. He coordinates it. He's a stage manager. He does it for, um, I forget his name right now, but it's all brought to you by uh, Brian for the uh, Musicians Clinic, I think. Okay, it's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, Musicians yeah. Clinic, sure, right. The Musicians Clinic of New Orleans, which helps out musicians uh, when, they, when they're, I guess, in need of health care or just in need of something. And it started about four years ago. The Gong Show. And the Gong Show, the New Orleans version, or the Musicians Clinic version of the Gong Show. Mm-hmm. Will Smith was a judge, and then he moved up to stage manager. But I was asked to uh, do, you know, 90 seconds to three minutes of stand up before I got Gong. And I've done it every year. But this last year, we did it last October. Uh, our guest was part of the show. You and Cranston, right? Yes. Yeah. But this year I hosted a show because I, I told the, the, the producers, I said, I'm tired of saying the same old jokes. And, and, and for, <laughs> actually the first year I did it, I won. I okay. won. The first year I did it. Next two years uh, they waited like a long time for me to be gone. But then this past year I hosted it because I said I'll only do it if I can host it because I thought their host wasn't very good. Okay. He, wasn't, he wasn't Chuck Barris or anything like that. Right. So I decided, I said, I'll only do it if I host it. And then you were a pleasant surprise, Phil, because I didn't even know you were on the bill. Thanks to Cranston. He, he, he twisted my liver. 
<laughs> he pulled you in on it? Yes. Yeah, well, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Oh, and you guys, you guys were good, and I don't think you got gong, did you? No, the people love this shit, especially yeah. when I did. Uh, Donald Trump is an asshole. There ain't no friend of mine. <laughs> I never understand the stupid shit he says, and he always has to whine, and he will blow up the world. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't well, call that. Yeah, no, 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 no. They couldn't gong that at all. Mm. But they always—it's a good cause. They make some money uh, for a good cause, and it's—it's—it's uh, um, it's, it's a shame they're probably not going to be able to do it this year. Because no, I know it was a fun night, and it was—we were celebrating your birthday that night, Manny. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was—it was, I think, uh, uh, four or five days after my birthday, and I don't really like to do anything much for my birthday. Uh, but my wife surprised me with some cake and stuff right, like that right. that night. And she's paid for it ever since. Yeah, so, <laughs> for the surprise. <laughs> yeah, for the surprise, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was all good. And it's probably the only time you'll ever see me kind of dress up out of the ordinary is for that <laughs> gong show. It's for that gong show. I'll, I'll wear a wacky shirt and uh, a tuxedo jacket and stuff yes. like that are all, you know, because I don't do Mardi Gras. I don't do any of that stuff. It's probably the only time you'll see me dress up kind of in a wacky outfit, you know. All right. Well, so it was a fun it, night. It, yeah, it was a fun night. Uh, and it was great that you were there because that's like the last time I saw you, Phil. I think the si time I saw you there, the first uh, was at uh, Jeff Treffinger's house. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah, remember that? Renee was he, there probably too. No, I don't think we're, was, well, no, I remember but, seeing Renee at Jeff's in well, Yes, yes, we've definitely all been there together at uh, some Well, some Maria, Jeff's soirees. wife, Maria, and I have the same birthday. Oh, okay. What is it? And October right 20th. October oh, yeah. 20th. Oh, and, it's coming up, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Jeff was uh, doing a low key thing for his wife. He was just grilling burgers, and he invited me and my family over because we have the same birthday, and you happened to stop by for some reason. I don't know I don't know why, but you were there, and I think you gave me some stickers, that some crazy-ass stickers, as always. Um, well, but, you're, uh, you're always kind of dropping by the Treffingers. I get the, the, the impression, Phil, like you, you're kind of the uncle, can just drop by. Well, no, he, I, I was invited. I don't just drop by, Jeff. Oh, okay. I get the invites, but I, but I remember that. And, uh, yeah, he just probably, you know, he just wanted me there because Manny was there. Well, it's yeah. probably because my wife and Manny are celebrating the same birthday. Who else but Phil? Phil, come on over. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. You know? But, yeah, it was a good time. The burgers were good. And, uh, you know, Jeff's a good guy. And you're a good guy. And, and I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hanging in there well yeah. phil um we're we're winding down here the the final moments of the podcast but uh what what's on the on the horizon for uh for for phil degree you have the new guitar i saw yesterday you're writing more music well, uh, yeah man i'm inspired with my new guitar but more than ever I'm, i plan to improvise okay cool but let me ask you phil you've actually 
if I read your uh, bio, right, you, you're, you've actually invented a guitar or invented Well, I designed a guitar that was made for me. Okay. And, uh, but like I, I said earlier, there's so many harp guitars with right. different so configurations. So the guitar you made, the, the guitar you designed for yourself, no one else can play it? Well, a lot of people could play it, but not like me because they don't because they, <laughs> they don't own it. You know, it's a personal okay. kind of thing. It's like okay. it's a seven string guitar with a high A. So right away, you know, it, that throws everybody off unless you're into that. And there's very few people. Most people who are into seven strings have a low A or B situation. It's, it's not. This is a Lenny Bro thing, and and very few people. Well, so what I get after uh, this show uh, is that basically you're the kid playing banjo in Deliverance, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, and, uh, with that, I, and with that, I'll just say goodnight, Phil. Thank you, Manny. <laughs> Wonderful. Beautiful, yeah, man. All, it's all coming into focus there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Phil, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was worth the wait, man. Uh, it's, uh, oh. I think this was perfectly placed in the, the panoply of, of uh, Trouble Men podcast guests, and uh, you know, you've certainly been one of them. Renee, I thank you so much for having me. It's, it's wonderful, and I'll do it any time. This is wonderful. Right Beautiful. on, man. All right, buddy, don't sign off just yet, but no, good I'm night. Not. And to the troubled nation, what do we say, Renee? Uh, in the troubled nation, we always say, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. <laughs>